Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us here on the podcast, episode 52. No special guest tonight, but we've got Anthony, as always, and our trusty media guy, Kevin, who will be manning the chat, as well as um, tossing in some ideas here. Um, thank you for joining us on this Monday in April. We are super excited to be here, as always. And um, Anthony has something special he wants to talk about to get us started. So, um, hi everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Depending on what part of the country you're in. Um, I wanted to make an announcement. We're better than here on the podcast, um, where we have made so many important announcements over the years. But as you see, I'm sitting in what was my turtle room. It is now a playroom for kids. And I wanted to announce that, um, I will be leaving the turtle room and no longer working with turtles. Moving on to some new adventure. I'm just kidding. April Fools. I'm just kidding. I can't do it to you guys. Um, you noticed I turned my my camera off so they couldn't see me smirking. <laughs> terrific, <laughs> terrific. I didn't even do a good job. Oh, geez. I think you gave up too but soon. I did. I did. But you know, I thought, why keep going with it and make it corny? It's already corny. Let's just let's just bail out now. I think you know you what I mean. I think you should have uh, just said it and then let it go at the end of the episode. Been like, oh, by the way, that was a joke. But I did feel like I had to say something. You see this behind me. This is not my turtle room, folks. This is not my turtle room. It's sad. <laughs> sad and not in a good way. I'm surprised uh, at how fast you filled it up with uh, non-turtle stuff. I worked hard, so uh, in, including getting carpet installed, painting all the walls and the heaters that were rusty from water. Um, well, I think the all first that thing we need to talk about is why your basement is now a kid's room. Yeah, exactly. And you can hear my daughters knocking on the door right now, not understanding that they're not supposed to be down in their new playroom right now that they're very excited about. They like the turtles, but they're much more excited to have this be a playroom. So, uh, yeah, um, the reason being that I am trying to move. And let me tell you something. If you haven't experienced this before, moving as a turtle person is the type of stuff that nightmares are made of. And I know that, Steve, you moved recently. Now, you don't have a huge collection, but still it, well, um, it, it got, it's tough it's to It's since I moved. So. Right, right, which is great, which is the reason why you move. Um, but, Kevin, you're looking at moving and – Several of our partners have moved in the past five years, um, hearing all the difficult stories, the, the horror stories about how that goes, um, is not something that made this fun for me, but turning a, you know, six, 700 square foot turtle space into um, what you see now, a playroom, is not something that um, I was very excited to do. But here we are. Almost there. So once I can get this thing sold, maybe move into a bigger house with more space and perhaps even a separate building um, to keep the turtles in. So that's the goal anyway. But if you're wondering why I'm sitting here and there's pink sofas around and the kids are knocking down the door like it's a zombie movie um, to try to get in is because they want their playroom and now it's a playroom. So in case anyone's wondering, that's what's going on down here. Yeah, I, I mean, moving even with 20 animals, work. Like moving with a hundred animals, whoo! Yeah, like moving is is not terribly fun or exciting with the animals. Mm. Like at least the process of it, it is 
you're rushing habitats back up so you can get them back into some somewhat comfortable. They're typically out of whack for several months. They might miss a normal laying season. Like production tends to drop a little bit. Everybody's getting resituated. Like, and to try to like tear down habitats, move them, put them back up as quick as possible while doing all the other stuff. Just it's a, it's a lot of work and doesn't, it, it isn't, doesn't lead to immediate uh, returns. Right. So now when you were, when you were selling your house, did you have to show your house with your animals in it? I, we did. Um, but most of my tanks have been like, you know, like a show type quality, especially since they were all in the living area of the house. I kept them all looking pretty clean and neat and attractive as a whole. So it wasn't, they weren't like a turn off to anybody. As far as we're aware, aware anyway, nobody commented, commented on those things when they, you know, left feedback after an open house or whatever. So Right. Interesting. I wonder about that. I feel like any one of us, even the most calculated of us, it's we'll look like animal hoarders if somebody walks through and sees the amount of 20 turtles is a lot of animals for somebody. Right. Um, um, I, I suspect it didn't look like that to just a, to casual observer because half of them would hide in a bush somewhere in the in the in the tank anyway. So you could look in there and go, "Oh, I see some fish," and "Oh, there's a turtle." But right. like half the other turtles would be like hiding in this one bush together, so you can't see them. Right. I mean the the same thing that was in one of those aquariums is now in the stock tank that has. Um, six or seven female yellow blotched in it. And like you go look in, look in the stock tank and you're like, oh, there's fish. Where the heck are the right. turtles? And they're all just like piled into that one, like maybe one foot cube kind of area. Maybe probably even less than a probably half cubic foot worth of space where there's jammed in that bush hiding from crap. Right. I would say that all the time. Like if people looked in my little basement windows or oh, yeah. actually came down, it almost looks like I'm more of a tropical plant breeder because of all the um, terrestrial oh, yeah. species have, especially like the Spangler that don't trample and kill the plants. Totally. Um, they, you know, there's so many uh, plants in there that you can't even see a turtle. There's just uh, bin after bin with live plants. So yeah, I kind of had the same thought with those anyway, but seriously, nobody wanted to buy a house for me with all of my animals because they'd be like, Oh my gosh, how much mold is in this place? Oh my gosh, there's no way I'm moving in here. If this person decides to live with 120 turtles, or who knows what the heck's going on in their place, you know? Yeah. So I could just hear it. So I, I have a few left over there in a different room in the basement, kind of hidden off to the side behind like some storage stuff. But even still, um, it's that almost looks feel. worse. Like if they check and they see that. Yeah. Cause now they're, now they're trying they're like, to, I'm trying to hide it. Yeah, exactly. Like why is there some bin of turtles stuck in a dark room? Yeah. I don't know. You're going to have to come over and help me stage it, Kev. Okay. Since you have so many opinions, that was so, one opinion. That was one opinion. <laughs> that was one too many. I'm stressed. Okay, can you please help me out here? Be a friend. You, you, I'm trying, man. Kev, I am so mean to you on these podcasts. It's I know crazy. it's weird. It's it's you haven't said a word. You you haven't said a word, and the first thing you say, I give you a hard time. I know. I don't know why. It's you know just because I bully you in person doesn't mean you can bully me online. <laughs> it's true. I'm nice to you in person though. I am. I appreciate Kevin. So everyone knows Kevin is a great dude. Thanks, guys. Hopefully nobody was saying I was not a great dude prior to that, but right. thank you. What's happening right now? 
I don't think my name's like come up when they're like, you know who's that sketchy turtle guy? I, I definitely don't put your name on that one, Kevin. That's for sure. Thank you. And now I'm just wondering what happened to Anthony here, but apparently he's... I'm here. I'm here. My wife just decided to come down the stairs that are on my shot with no pants on. So everyone just missed a really interesting happening. You j near miss. Hi, Shannon. Listen, listen, this is a turtle show, but nobody expected to see that kind of cooter on the show. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyone? Turtle oh, joke? I think Nothing? she might. I think she might murder you for that one. She could, she's listening right now. She's probably super embarrassed. First, I saw the door open and the dogs ran down. I thought maybe one of my ki kids was getting put down here on timeout. Yeah. No, she was coming down here with no pants on. Well, I'm. So, uh, I'm gonna make just a, a moment. That just a moment, and, uh, so I can. Just. I'm just gonna turn off the camera again. Okay. This is a family show. This is a family show, <laughs> and there are people watching who don't want. To see that type of cooter. All set, dear? You okay? Okay. We're not all set. Just so everyone's, if anyone's wondering. Just an update. She's still down here. I am super uncomfortable and, and embarrassed and nervous. Are you ready? You going up? Okay. Hold on. She's going up. Okay. All right. See your whole backside right now. Leaving nothing to the imagination. That just happened. You're going to have to take my word for it because you didn't see it, but it just happened. That was not an April Fool's joke, folks. That was not an April Fool's joke. When people could see her coming down at the beginning. Um, and then I shut my camera off quickly because I thought it would be embarrassing if people were coming down. And then, good thing I did, because I turned around and she had no pants on. And she knows what I'm doing. Now I'm wondering if she's trying if she's trying to do it on purpose. Like, like half-naked cleaning in front of the pool boy. But we don't have a pool, or and, and therefore have no reason to have a pool boy. So maybe this is her. She's trying to see, you know, she wants Kevin to see her. I don't Definitely know. Definitely not that. Definitely I don't know. not me. What are you trying to say about my wife? Not interested? That she, that she talks to my wife regularly. Oh, okay. Got it. Good. That's a really good answer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How, what, how did that happen? I'm anyway, sure it's your fault somehow. Anyway, we have a when very... When is it, Kevin? When is it? That's right. That's right. <clears throat> Don't forget it. We have a very fun activity planned tonight. And... Uh, something that we're, we're getting from a lot of viewership is that basically just answering questions, rapid fire, almost like a debate type thing. So we have something set up that we think that everyone will really enjoy. Um, and basically, it's it's seven questions, but each question is multifaceted. And then there's three of us. So we can an each answer the question um, with what we think, and then it can start into a debate, which I really enjoy. So the questions are uh, best pet turtle. Best conservation species, best herp-related career, and of course, what do we know? Nothing, but it's a debate. So it's just like when you when you are checking out sports talk radio or first take on ESPN or something like that, and Skip Bayless, who 
as far as I know, has never been an athlete. We'll talk to you about athletics and sports and all that type of stuff. So it's just, we're not experts on anything necessarily. Maybe to the layman person, we're, we're big time turtle experts, but we know that we don't know it all. And we are just going to give our opinions because everyone can have an opinion. So we hope that you enjoy it. Um, we also have on here most impressive species based on several different categories, most beautiful species based on several different categories and uh, best tool to be used in turtle keeping or turtle hunting or whatever. Um, not hunting like to kill, but you know what I mean? Turtle catching um, and, or, or like field work. That's what, that's what I mean by turtle catching and best turtle books uh, based on several different categories. So this is going to be fun. So what do you think guys? You ready? Kev, you confident? You feeling and, it? And by debate, we're, we're not like, we're going to present these nice arguments. We're going to, I mean, Anthony invoked Skip Bayless's name here. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at. That's not, it's not really a debate. We're going to hot take. Hot take, hot take. Love it. Th Steve, thank you. Exactly. Hot takes. So we are big surprise. We are relatively unorganized. We are going to just jump right into it. We don't have some great uh, poetic uh, profound way to present our answers or back our arguments or whatever. These are just opinions based on, hey, someone comes up to us after during a reptile show or after an educational talk or whatever and has this type of question, the, the answers we would give at those moments. That's basically what we're going to be giving right now. Okay. And just be ready for us to rip each other apart because this is going to get ugly. I'm just kidding. Kevin laughs. I'm sorry, Kevin. Such a sweetheart. I just know it's coming. Yeah, you know? it's coming for you. Just you. I read the script. You can't pass. That's for Kevin. Uh, okay, Kev, you can't pass. I mean, there's there's things that I just I'm probably not going to have a solid answer for at all. You don't have to have a solid answer. All right, you got just it. Just a thought. Just a thought. You can answer with a question mark, like Diamondback Terrapin? Question mark. I mean, I know what that animal is. So. Yeah. Right. You do know what that animal is. That's true. I I hope. Yeah. Steve, do you know what that animal is? Um, it's um, one of those plastic ones that they embed a cubic zirconia in the carapace, right? Ooh. <laughs> you sounded dumb until you said carapace. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's what I was going for, but I, I, I like you said, I, I, had, I was faking it pretty good until I used the actual word for the back of a turtle shell. Steve is so smart that he can't even sound dumb when he tries to. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Just as long as we're all starting out with that. Good. Okay. So best pet turtle. Who wants to start? I'll start. Okay. Best pet. Very good. Very good. Go first. Okay. Best so pet it's, turtle it, based on price. So you want me to just do. It's your price for now. Just price. Just yeah. based on price. Give, you know give us, give us your, your best pet turtle based on price. What do you think is the best value out there from, from a keeping standpoint? Now, the one question is, is this like the average keeper? Is this just like the jet, like keeper? Or is this people across the world that want, want a turtle? doesn't matter. You pick. It's a hot take. Yeah. All right. It's your interpretation of the question. Why did you want to go first? I had, I had one animal that categorized all three of the things. Oh, yeah. We're not doing that. I love that you answered these questions already, though. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even know what my answer is. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. So best pet turtle based on price. Um, prices fluctuate a lot, but within the last like year or two, I'd say those reef turtles that you have, 
great value. They don't get gigantic. Um, we're not going to move forward. But a good price for an animal that's a very nice animal. So Reeves turtle in general, or the Reeves turtles that I have, or Japanese Reeves turtles? You have turtle? the Japanese. They get a little bit larger. They're more expensive, though, but yeah. you think they're a good value. I think they're terrific. Yeah. Gosh. So they're Reeves turtles, but they're larger. They're black in color. It's it's a locale, but it, they actually aren't naturally occurring in in Japan. They're they're um, introduced there, which is really cool. Yeah, I think they're a good value too. So they I were introduced there. They were introduced there, and then they took on that name, or they just the, not really name. It's just locality. Well, yeah, it's not. It's just Japanese reef. So like that locale just looks different. The way that like redfoot tortoises from different locales look different. Sure. Um, but they were introduced there, like, I don't know, how long ago, Steve, a thousand years ago, 400 years ago, somewhere in between. I've heard, I've heard both accounts. Yeah, it's probably somewhere in between. Um, I think our, I think my friend Jeff Lovich, it's fun saying my friend Jeff Lovich. Um, That's pretty cool, right? Right. He's, he's such a great guy. Um, I think Jeff's been involved with the paper on some of that. I think, um, he, he has this colleague in Japan he's been doing a few things with lately. Um, yeah, I think it's somewhere in that like half to whole millennia kind of time range. I love this. See, we're getting down rabbit holes already, and that's exactly what I want to do. Those rabbit holes, that's where the fun is. Where I bust out words like millennia. Yes, and and phrases like my friend Jeff Lovich. Which <laughs> if we had him, if I met him, would he say my friend Steve Enders? I think so. Okay, good. Then I feel good about it. I'm okay so. with it then. Okay, okay. Steve, do you have an answer for that? Best pet turtle based on price? Um, I'm going to go with this one. I, I bought it at the Outer Banks for like two bucks. That's a great answer. Um, actually, that was not two bucks. That was not two bucks I'm, at the I'm Outer gonna Banks. Do what, I'm going to do what Kevin was going to do. It's also really tiny and it doesn't need any food. So it's really easy to keep. Right. We're talking about price, cost. Yeah. It's keeping the cost down. Doesn't need lights. Right. You can keep that thing in the exactly. dark and it won't, it won't die. That's terrific. I only went that direction because I really don't know what I what I'd pick. That's otherwise. okay. I I've love gotten it. so many turtles for free and for good values that mm -hmm. my perception of what a good value is is probably skewed. Um, so maybe based based it on that you never had that stuff given to you when you first started. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm trying to think about. And like, you know what though, I like I like the idea of interpreting this. However, and if you have a silly way to answer the question, I'll allow it. I think it's terrific. Okay. Um, I, another one that I might go with is um, one of the more common map turtle species. They're not very expensive. They tend to, you know, be attractive, especially for, you know, even as adults, especially if you have a male. Um, I'm really loving that Lake Hamilton locale Wachita map turtle that I've got now. And um, talk, talk about really nice head pattern that's going to catch somebody's attention and um they're not you know super expensive or anything so cool cool i like that i would say uh and and really ask me this seven seven times in a week and i'll give you eight different, eight answers. different answers yeah exactly. seriously seriously but um i'd say probably southern painted turtle oh that's a, that's another like good that. one I like that one. And the reason I would say Southern Painted Turtle as opposed to just Blanket Painted Turtle, I mean, I could go – I just think we're talking about best pet turtle. So, I mean, it's tough to not take everything into account and just say just based solely on price. 
so there really there's a lot of turtles that interchangeably could be ten to twenty dollars depending on where what show you're at and what's available. So that's that's one of them, um, and it's small as well and does and and would do well um, in captivity and you know as a pet as opposed to some of the painted turtles that get larger. And that was the next question is based on size. Best pet turtle based on size. Do we want to go back around? So I think Southern Painted Turtle based on size is good too, but I'll give you another answer afterwards after we go back around. Kev, are you up? Best pet turtle uh, based on size. What do you got? I like male Diamondback Terrapins. They don't get of to course, be more than... That's, you can't keep going back to the Diamondback Terrapins well. You used it up now. It's my, it's my first one. I, get I know. It. I'm just saying Two it's early total. in the game. Two in total. Two? Two in total. What? You just put up three. I don't understand. What happened? No, two. I'm rewind that back. Everyone rewind the podcast back to see my wife half naked and to see Kevin do three and say two. <laughs> two in total. Two in total. Hold on. Two You're in total. really just trying to get extra views from people going back to try to find. Yes. You. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends. This, we'll be on um, CNN tomorrow. Risque uh, turtle podcast shows shows more than just cooters. Okay. Uh, no, actually, I think I won't use that answer then. No, uh, use it. You already said it. Stick no, no, by no, no, it. Just don't use no, it again. No, there no, it is. No. There's the three. You just did it again. What are you holding in your hand? That's why oh, you did three. Maybe that's why I did it. I don't know. It's like, yeah. a, like a wire cable management thing. Oh, terrific. It fell off my desk, so I was just playing with it. That's one thing no one will ever say about you. That, that guy always knows how to manage his wires. Yeah. Always. It's the one thing I got going for me. You know? That's the one thing he'll never let get out of control. Okay. <laughs> All right, so change my answer real quick. Um, I don't know if it's a, like a locality issue, but there is uh, ornate box turtles that very, very small, full size, you know, like just that four inches. Uh, really cool. Everyone that I've come across has been way feistier than all the other ones. Just really neat animal. Awesome. And very easy to keep based on the size. Love it. Great answer. Steven with a PH. Um. I'm going to steal one from one of our viewers here. How about the three-striped mud turtle? Oh, I love them. Um, props go out to uh, our good friend Angela, who's going to whose name you're going to see appear on an article or two on our website. I'd love it. Nice job, months. Angela. I'm loving so, it. Thanks for that. I'm going to give you credit you with an assist for that one, Angela. All right. Great species. Yeah. All right, she, I have, she got the assist. I took the layup. It's all good. I have one just in the other room that I hatched this year that is awesome. It's growing like crazy, and it's still the size of my thumbnail. Yeah, it's no, awesome. They're, they're, they're really cool little turtles. Fun to watch bounce around the tank, you know. If anyone's thinking of keeping them, though, males, males can be really aggressive and yeah. really bite up some marginals. So a lot of times when you buy captive animals, you'll see the marginals on the females are just torn to shreds, the rear, the rear marginals. Yeah. Oh, um, so based on size, do I have to come up with a different one? Do you have something else to say, Steve? No, I'm good. Um, based just on size, um, I'll say spotted turtles. Spotted turtles are really great. That's a that's a favorite. It's a small turtle. It's a manageable turtle. Um, they could be kept in groups if you have them in thoughtful keeping arrangements. Um, big problem with them: don't you know get them, uh, or you shouldn't have them in certain states where they naturally occur and are protected including our state our and states our headquarters state yes right i, I want to propose a, a secondary part to that question 
you want uh, a larger show animal. Yeah. What's the best large show animal? Yeah. But like manageable still. Okay. I got your answer. <clears throat> Alligator snapping turtle all day okay. long. Easier to keep than a common snapping turtle that's a fifth or even a tenth of the size. Okay. Because they move around less. They make less of a mess. They don't usually tear apart their food the way a common snapping turtle does. And they can be kept, for their size, they can be kept in relatively small spaces. Normally in the wild, they'll kind of stay under those overbanks, uh, overhangs on the overbank where there's kind of like a cutout underneath where we sometimes find uh, wood turtles in the, um, in the Northeast. Um, yeah, all day long. I almost consider getting one as a show animal for my educational stuff, but you can keep a lot of small animals and breeding projects in the space that you would keep one of those bad boys. Yeah. 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 Very big. Did you have something in mind? Uh, yeah. Um, I was thinking, uh, one of the Badger species, um, is it. Borneonsis? Boreansis, pretty much the only one that anyone can afford. It's the one with the face changes color. Yeah. yeah, most of them change. That one yeah. just changes a little more, like red and blue. Yeah, that was a little. But all of the badigers change some head. The males will change head color. They okay. call them watermelon turtles in Asia. The badiger Borneansis. Steve, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, the males know, get that gray, I, the gray shell with the with the. Right, Black I know which one you're talking about. I could see the, how that could be a good fit when they're yeah. in the water and they're kind of like that pale color. Yeah, um, with the with the black markings. Yeah, that almost look like seeds in a watermelon. Yeah, I don't know if they look like seeds. I feel like they look like the striping on a watermelon. Oh yeah, I, I, but then there's aren't there some little speckles that go with it occasionally? But anyway, um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think know. there is. It's been a little while since I put my face on one of those. Literally wow. touch your face to the turtle to become one with the turtle. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I might go with um I don't know how big here. I was thinking one of the medium sized tortoises, maybe like a leopard or something like that. Mm. Um Big enough that they really, you know, catch people's attention, but not so big like a, an Aldabra or a Galap or even a Sulcata where you need to provide so much outdoor space for it, you, you know, during most of the year. Right. Like a leopard, you could roam outside in the summer, bring it into the garage in the winter if you're up north, you know. Um, so I was thinking something along maybe those, you know, that, those lines. That's a great answer. They really are terrific. There's a reason they're so popular. It's not just because they're relatively easy to breed, but man, are those things cool. And yeah. they just uh, do well in captivity. Yeah, and the shell patterns can be really ornate at times and, mm. and even really plain at times, depending on what your preference is. So. I have had a lot of different species come through here and, and keep a lot of different species. And my wife loves the leopard tortoises. That's her favorite, yeah. just based on the you know how beautiful they are and their personalities, and the fact that you know there's not usually that much heartbreak associated with them. Uh, knock on wood. Yeah. But okay, so how about best species to keep based on ease of keeping? Kind of what we were talking about with a leopard. I think uh, 
pretty much any musk species, um, whether it's Dernotherus or uh, even like Claudius is ridiculous. They don't do anything. Just super easy to keep. Um, yeah. That's it for me. Not cool. a specific turtle, but. I'll take it. I'll take it. Good. Ease of keeping. Steven with a PH. Um, I had, so one of the reasons I didn't mention this one for the last question is because I was going to use them here. Um, I think the redfoot tortoise, um, very omnivorous diet for a tortoise. Um, I mean, as long as you can keep it humid, which most people don't really necessarily struggle with, you know, they're pretty happy animals. I think you don't need a ton of light since they're, you know, tropical forest type tortoises overall. Um, you know, they'll eat worms, they'll eat fruit, they'll eat bugs, they'll eat pellets, they'll eat anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're really personable. So people love them as pets. You made a good argument when you first said it, I said, Oh no, that was a bad idea because they need the humidity. And maybe that's just because we're up here in the cold North, but yeah, you tried um, to talk me out of it like four times. Yeah, I did. So, didn't I? And maybe that's like here in Lancaster County, like humidity is not a problem most of the year. Yeah. We, Pennsylvania has so many streams that, yeah, it gets a little dry in the winter at times, but generally speaking, we don't struggle for humidity here. Cool. So, there you go. Kev, when he said it, did you think, oh, Anthony's going to say something? About the humidity. That I was going to give oh. him a hard time? No. Oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, first, yeah, I apologize. Yes. That is what I thought. <laughs> Sorry, I'm out. Of you're it. thinking, you're thinking of your next. You're thinking of your next answer. I know. No, it's just been a long day, man. Because I didn't even have another answer um, queued up here. But um, ease of keeping, I would say. Now I have not bred them, but as far as raising species, I've never had. Oh man, this is tough. Two part. Two part answer. Spider tortoises. And Egyptian tortoises, knock on wood. I have had a, a very enjoyable time. Look at look at Kevin texting right on the screen. I gotta <laughs> take care of stuff. I'm listening though, I promise. You're getting after it. I love it. I'm not feeling listened to, but that's okay. Egyptians and spider tortoises, I've had very good luck with. Knock on wood again, as far as raising them and having them be, be generally very healthy. Um, and and as far as the requirements it takes to care for them. I don't think that they're that that challenging. I think it's pretty straightforward. Both can do really well with uh, colder, drier situations in the winter. They can handle humidity. They can burmate, especially the, the spider tortoises, and go down for a long time. It really made me pull my hair out when I first had them, which is why I'm now bald. But um, I, I had lots of hair when I started with them. But um, you learn afterwards that's just the way they are naturally, and it's okay. Um, yeah, and it's a pretty good thing. So those have been pretty good and pretty easy, and they're small. So, again, that's another part of the answer, but because of that, it makes them um, really manageable. You don't need a lot of space. You don't need a lot of heat. You don't need a lot of anything, really. They don't eat much. It's great. So ease of keeping is definitely a part of their whole story. So switch gears to something that Steve knows way more about than either Kevin or I, but Kevin and myself will do our best to keep up. So best conservation species based on need. What species do you think needs it the most? 
honestly, probably any of these species that are, they're getting caught so heavily right now, like illegal smuggling, radiated, uh, what's I can't think of the name it's like an Indian flap shell Indian flap shell mm. yeah yeah um they're just they're being taken by the tens of thousands now it's insane I just saw something and thing is for me it's not necessarily these uh all the animals that there's a little bit of now sure um but even some animals that we know we have good quantities of in the world protecting them while we are here while it's not so futile for a lot of them you know right Sure. Good answer. I'll allow it. Thanks. <laughs> Steve, enlighten us. And this is a, like, this is a, you're, you're talented. You, there's you, so many avenues you can go down with. You know what's going on. So you have to pick one. You have to be Skip Bayless. I want your hot take. Oh, man. This is in this weird parallel universe. We have all the resources we can put into one species. We can have one turtle be the giant panda. Which one is it? And all, everything else we have to let fend for itself. If you want a species that you could turn into the giant panda that's a freshwater species or a tortoise, I might actually go with the radiator because of its eye-catching shell that most people would grab onto. I think the general person sees that and go, dang, that's pretty. You know, um, there's obviously a great argument about, I'll let you guys, you guys pick your species and then I'll, I have some other things I'd like to say on need here. Okay. I would like to cast my vote for Raphidus Swinhoe because there's only a handful. How many are left? Four now? We found, we found a fourth. There was a fourth and then... It died, and then there's a fourth again. Is that what happened? Um, I, I try to I keep up on it. Recently, I don't remember the history before that. With the I know other. there's a fourth now. So basically, this species is is um, at the brink of ex extinction. It's the um, Red River Giant Softshell or um, Yangtze Giant Softshell Turtle, and. Um, yeah, we've talked about them before on the show. They lay a ton of eggs. Uh, the female that is in a zoo has laid a ton of eggs, and they have not been fertilized. The animals are thought to be super-duper old, and they were basically wiped out completely. And I think that there's an opportunity. If you can get them, get some of these eggs to be fertilized, then you know you can kind of like with, with what happened with Badger Basca, that you know just a few clutches, and now things have totally changed for the future. Right. Um, potentially. So I think yeah. that um, I think that that is a great uh, species, given that there's only literally less than a handful left. Yeah, right. And that's, you know, need. I, you know, when you I think your first thought when you hear the word, you know, need, you think of the species with the least amount of animals left, which mm -hmm. uh, toss out to our friends were um, African Colonial Institute an African native cyclonorbis elegans. Heck, they're not even sure if there is any in the wild. They're looking for them. You know, like, um, they did find one. They did find one, didn't they? I think so. Um, our dear friend Kevin would be able to, um, would be able to mention that for us, uh, confirm that for us, since he, you know, is involved a lot with the African stuff. Um, yeah, he, he wrote on there saying no clue if it's actually still living. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, and then, and then you've got species like Maremi's Anamensis and Maremi's Nigricans that are functionally extinct in the wild and Cora McCordy, you know, that they've been, they've been, um, you know, just poached so much that there, there's so few left. And, um, you know, like you mentioned Rafidus, you know, they've tried what three different artificial insemination techniques so far. Um, I'll hear more in August probably from uh, Gerald Cookling um, about, you know, what they've tried since. Um, you've got the Western swamp tortoise from Australia that he's practically single-handedly saved since the 80s. They've like more doubled or tripled or more than that in population since the 80s, thanks to his work. Um, the plowshares and the and the radiated in Madagascar, we've seen recently how many thousands of those get taken. Um, man, need. Whew. That's that's complicated. I know it gets even worse with the I, next with the next subgroups. How about I, based on cost? I, let's throw out a curveball there. Mm -hmm. You know, just to throw it out there. There's a species that's far more common where it's not supposed to be than where it is supposed to be. Tigers. What was that? Tigers? Red ears? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like there's, you could argue the red ears should be more populous in their native area than they currently are. Right? Um, but obviously nobody's ever going to be in conservation because they're everywhere, except where they're supposed to be. I mean, they're still there, but probably not in the numbers they used to be. Right? Now, what's, what's your thought on combating them being, uh, you know, introduced to places? Or like oh, removing them. That's a rabbit hole. Let's do it. Yeah, that, that's 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 a that's a big rabbit. Like so, let's let's just hit on that really quickly. So in um, in Pennsylvania, when we're doing our field work with wood turtles in the wild, if we come across a red-eared slider during our field work, we're required by law to remove it and either find it a home or uh, euthanize it. So, um, you know, every state's got their way of handling these things. Um, you know, there's um, the Murray River, River turtle, where quite a large portion of them have now been wiped out by disease recently. Um, like, so uh, I could probably spend the next 20 minutes talking about need of conservation. And so we're already going to probably have enough of these left to do another show of this. So let's mm -hmm. just keep going before I ramble too long. <laughs> So I, I got a little – it got a little complicated with um, a couple of these. So based on cost, this is the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand and um, that I have to remind myself of. And it's that co conservation is complicated and that there's so much that goes into it. So the thought is just like, well, let's breed it and then there'll be more and we can release them. It'll be great. But there's so many different moving parts to that. In, including poachers, you you talked about Cora McCordi. It's like, I don't think one's been found in the wild since like 2007 or something like that. Like, if you release them into the wild, what do you think is going to happen? They're worth they're worth money, um, obviously. So especially if they're coming out of the wild, someone would think that they got a wild caught one, which is worth you know exponentially more than an animal that's born in captivity um, in Asia. So. Um, the cost that it would take to actually protect them, I think, is involved here as well. So cost is really complicated and practicality as well. But is there anything that sticks out 
as opposed to just what animal needs it, but like, what do you think is a conservation project that could be done that isn't being done because of bureaucratic red tape or other reasons? What's what what's a really good low, low hanging fruit? What's a good low hanging fruit species? Well, so when I saw when I saw best conservation species based on cost, I was thinking slightly differently than I was when I saw that you you know you you know sent that I was like oh um, you know which species can we get the best bang for our buck saving? It's kind of yeah like, that's that's a great way yeah that's that's even better sure um, do you have a thought on that and like. And, in some ways it's easier to remove species from this list. Like the money that we spent trying to save Rafidas, looking yeah. for them, trying to artificially inseminate them, etc. Maybe that's not money well spent. Again, I'm not necessarily saying that's like hundred percent the truth, but it's like, if you're looking for best bang for the buck, that's something you have to think about. Like, um, is there a species that, you know, is, you know, maybe borderline, but if we spend a little bit, we can make sure they don't end up needing more later. Like, yeah, that's I, a great point. A lot of species that could fit into that category. Um, yeah, like almost everything. Right. And then there are, you know, then there are species that are, I, you know, I think you could argue maybe that the Burmese star tortoise and like the radiated tortoise, because of how well they reproduce, that they might be good value conservation species because they are such prolific breeders in captivity. And so basically we need to find a way to protect the land. And then I think we're good. You know what I mean? Like, like I think if we could find a way to protect the land, the radiated live on from poachers, like we're good. Right. So, um, yeah. And then it's a good point. And then, um, then, you know, there's also, um, you know, just which are literally the cheapest as opposed to necessarily the most value to conserve. And I'm not really sure where we go with that, but mm -hmm. it's hard to gauge cost of conservation, especially when you're talking about different countries, different values, different speed, even different states with different species and cutting red tape to go get something done. Right. I think that's what, what really is what I was trying to say when I was leading into it. It's like, this is really difficult to answer because there is red tape. There's weird intricacies to every situation where some animals you put back in the wild, they're just going to get poached immediately. Some might not get poached as quickly. So there's there's just a lot that goes into it that um, us non-career like career conservationists are, um, are not going to be able to wrap our head around necessarily. But I think it's interesting to talk about. And that's why I love having actual, you know, people that are out in the field come on and talk with us about their um, thoughts on the matter. Because there's always a lot of, you know, there's there's many layers to kind of peel back to to start to really understand like all the everything that goes into these decisions. So, cool. Let's go on to the next question, which is best herp related key field to get into based on earnings um herp vet okay now as someone who works for a veterinary company i can tell you that uh, if a vet's listening to this they probably laugh especially if it's a new vet because with the way oh, yeah. student, student loans are now um Truth. Truth. it's it's a tough racket i know a lot of veterinarians that are like living in apartments or living with their parents it's crazy 
um, it takes a lot of time to. I, I was taking this long term view of that. I think yes, long term, sure. That has a higher peak than um, somebody yeah. who works in field ecology most of their career. Right. You know, it makes sense. Good answer, though. Kev, have you got anything in mind? Yeah. Um, people that do it for education on, on like television shows, things like that. Oh, there you go. So way, all my, you kids out there. My my second my my secondary answer before I blurted out vet was be Jared. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> Jared Siakowski. Produced out. the world's largest amount of our albino turtles. Seriously. He's the best. Uh, my answer was gonna be don't get into a herp related career and just get rich and then do herps on the side. Yeah. By well, do herps. Do herps is not as gross as it sounds. That's not a sexual thing. Yeah, I mean, no, play with herp, reptiles. Not do herpes. Right. Don't do herpes on the side. That's everyone should avoid that if possible. Did you guys know there was like a, a marketing ploy years and years and years ago that made like herpes as scary as it is to people? What are you trying to say? You have herpes and you don't want us to make fun of you? Not at all. No. Is that all. what you just said? No, I just watched that show, Adam Ruins Everything, and there was a whole bit on it. It was pretty interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. There you go. The more you know. That was a star. That was a shooting star. Okay. How about the best herp-related field to get into based on adventures? See, I, I think that's where the conservation of – of turtles and tortoises or lizards or whatever or frogs i think i think the field conservation is where your adventures are found like going into the into the jungles of the amazon or or over to madagascar and camping out in the Maga madagascar uh forest for 50 days and 50 nights like our friend josh lucas from oklahoma city zoo and tsa did recently um and matt patterson our good friend also went and joined him for a couple weeks of that um, like, I think that's where the adventure is for sure. That's great. You got one, Kev? Same answer as before. You know, you're on TV, they're sending you to all these places, <laughs> you're not paying for it. Kevin, cool stuff. Of course, the video guy wants to be all about the TV stuff. Perfect. Okay. I'm still so, trying to get our show kids, on the spot. <laughs> yeah, kids, if you're out there, just keep making that, keep making those YouTube videos, and eventually. You could end up being Jeff Corwin. Dude, you got to be surprised. There's people on YouTube that make triple what the three of us make combined based off people just watching their stuff. Yeah. I know, but how many of them are reptile people? Not many. None. None. Um, so um, <laughs> There are reptile people that make a lot our, of money, though. Yeah. Related to the herp side conversation, our friend Angela said viral marketing, literally. <laughs> Did she say viral or vile? Viral. You know, like a virus. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Awesome. That's spectacular. Uh, what's next, friend? What's next? Uh, I didn't answer one for adventures. Oh. My answer would be get rich somewhere else and then pay to go to wherever you want. <laughs> so you're suggesting um, yeah. be Eric Good. Oh, very good. Make your make your uh, your impact in the world somewhere else, and or then Andrew turn Rodin. yourself into a turtle conservationist. Conservationist. Andrew Rodin. Conservationist. He's, a, he's a 
sir, a medical doctor, I think a surgeon of some kind, you know. I love that. I love that. Yeah. But that's one of the things that we talked about forever. Like there's a place for everyone. If you have skills, interest, talent, and a decent head on your shoulders, you can get involved in some way. Totally. You can. It just takes a little bit of stick to and creativity. And yeah, of course. Here's the thing. If you've got the money, we'll take your money and then take you along with us and teach you along the way. Like That's true. That's a good point. Like, and what about if you don't have the money, Steve? Not everyone listening to this podcast has the money. True. I'm just saying, like, that's the one, like, you want to work in herbs, but you don't want to be poor. I, I was just trying to continue off of your, you know. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind okay. of thing. Like, 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 you don't want to, like, say, oh, well, but I don't have the money, so you, you want to take, well, but it's like, you as a, as a, as a conservationist or a nonprofit, right? You need those people to back your organization. And if they've always dreamed about getting involved with this stuff, like you make that connection and then you both benefit from it, you know? And I right. think that's what I'm trying to say there is, you know, if you've got the money for sure, like there's a way you can help and actually go do it yourself as opposed to just giving the money because they'll want to get you involved because the more you get involved and learn about it, whether you have money or not, the better you are as a resource in conservation to connect to other people um, and continue to educate or bring other funding in or whatever kind of niche you can play. I love it. Awesome. The questions get better now. And I think we can go a little more rapid fire. All right. All right. Famous last words, because then we'll go down rabbit holes and go on tangents, turtle tangents and digress and all the rest of it. However, question number four, most impressive species based on first part camouflage ready matamata matamata oh you always steal mine matamata perfect yeah Give talk about answer. it what's a matamata i've never what's a matter with you i've never heard i've never <laughs> heard of that before uh a matamata is a south american river turtle um just south america right now central america correct yeah and um it looks like a leaf. It's coloring can be anywhere from brown to orange to red to yellow. It blends in amazingly where it's at. Uh, it has a really unique face. It's the probably the only turtle that doesn't look like a, a turtle. It's uh, head shaped it like a triangle. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. A and, triangle uh, with a snout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a really, really cool eating, eating mechanism where it opens its mouth so fast that it creates a vacuum and kind of sucks things in nearby. So instead of it having to like go after something, he waits and just gets it that way. Wonderful answer. Steven. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the Eastern box turtle in fall. Oh, I like that. Perfect. Time of year. Yeah. You I mean, know, with the orange and yellow leaves, man, you cannot find those box turtles in the fall. My answer was going to be uh, star tortoises. If <clears throat> It's interesting, and I think the box turtle is the same thing. So if you put on a plain background and take a photo of a bo- an Easter box turtle or a star tortoise, either Burmese or um, Indian star tortoise, you're amazed by how beautiful they are, how intricate yet high contrast they're 
their markings are and you think, man, that thing would stick out like a sore thumb. But when you actually see one out in, in wild, naturalistic places, um, I've never seen an Indian star, I've never seen a star tortoise in the wild, but I've seen them outside in tall grass and things of that nature. Um, and, and the box turtle among leaves, like Steve mentioned, and they just disappear. It's absolutely amazing. It really is. You don't realize that like a star tortoise, when the grass in front of you in the foreground is like crossing like this, and then there's the darker shadow underneath, it's, ex they just blend right in. It's amazing. So um, yeah, pretty cool. I was just also, you know, you just made me think of just how many times out in the field it's been like, oh, oh, it's just a leaf next to a rock. It's not a wood turtle. Mm -hmm. You know, right. like they just blend so well with their na natural surroundings that they can be hard to spot at times. Okay. Now, how about most impressive turtle species based on their unique design? Unique design. And you already use Matematic, Ev. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm aware. You don't have to start, though. You have the tough yeah, job of having to start every time. Um, Unique design. I can start now, with one. Is this? Let me uh, ask you a question. Is this unique design based on like their shape, or unique design of something about yes. them that they could do? Yes, to both, or either, okay. or anything else. Like, there's no right or wrong answers. I just might yell at you if I think you're coming up with something dumb. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll throw one out. You. Yeah, I'll go first. That's fine. Um, the fly river turtle or pig nose turtle, Coretta Kelly's. In Sculpta, which is mm. the only freshwater turtle with flippers, man. It's a freshwater turtle with flippers. When I first saw that those things existed, I just about peed my pants. I'm telling you, what's cooler than that? No, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. They swim like they're just like sea turtles, but they're in freshwater. It's amazing. And then on top of it, they have cool, cute sloth faces. It's insane. Really hard to breed in captivity. Yeah. Have you tried? I have no, You I'm speak not. from experience? No, no I, 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 I mean, I've, I've speaking about as far as the diapause and how they essentially yeah. need to like fall into water because of the way the wet season works there with the breeding. Yeah. Everyone's seen that David Attenborough um, clip where he drops the egg into water and it hatches. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Matamatas are very tough to breed in captivity too, which you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you ever hear anything about the zoo if they had if they got any luck? They've gotten luck getting um eggs. fertile eggs, but they, yeah. uh, as far as I know, they have not hatched them. That would be a big deal for them. What was uh, what was the guy's name? Matchbox Twenty. Oh yeah, uh, Rob Thomas. Yeah, yeah. Rob That's the Thomas, name of the Matchbox yeah. Twenty lead singer, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the name of the guy that helped us yeah. with the Spot Turtle Project. Yeah, he's a, out, he's so. a great guy. I've, I've talked to him since then a few times, okay. and I've actually gone in the office to talk to him to try to help him with the Matamata eggs. Okay. But at the same time, what do I know, right? I'm not. I don't. Yeah. I haven't hatched them. So he tried. I know they tried leaving them in the ground last time. Yeah, which I didn't. I, which I think is why they ultimately didn't hatch because yeah. I don't think that was a good spot where they were like inside. Yeah, they also have a um, large caiman playing around there all day. Yeah, I think that they drowned the eggs too because they tried. They tried to wet them, and then there's really not any way for the soil to drain. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think they need to pull them out. They're getting fertile eggs. Just get them at the right time and, and hatch them. Watch for All you. right, guys. Based on design, let's go. All right. What do you got?
I'm going to my go-to, which I pulled back from the second answer before it was a Diamondback because of its uh, lacrimal salt gland. I don't know if I'm saying that right. This is a different Diamondback, or you went back to Diamondbacks? No, just Diamondbacks in general. They have the ability to, uh, like, secrete salt out of their inside their eyes here. Yeah. So they live in a they live in a brackish environment. And they need fresh water, but they don't always have access to it. So they can drink a certain amount of brackish water and essentially pull the salt out of it. I love it. I like a marine iguana. Yeah. Really cool. Steve, does uh, maps in general have that at all? Have what? Have the, like the lacrimal salt gland? Um, I'm not sure. It's not something I really... Why would they? Made, so. They don't live in, yeah, they don't live in brackish water, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it could be a vestigial tree. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I have not looked into that. Okay. Not something I thought about. Question for next time. Leave it in the parking lot under the yeah. how about category. Oh. Do you have an answer, Steve, or are we moving on? Uh, I bounced around. Uh, you know, I thought about Pinkshire Tecta a little bit. Oh, I like that. Let's talk about unique, them. Unique, unique carapace kind of shape. Um, of course, the pancake tortoise, the way it can like flex and fit in rock crevices and stuff, I think that's a pretty unique design. Yeah, it can lock itself in. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty neat. Okay. Pulling up the next question. Habitat about, usage. I think I think we touched it. Let's go to most beautiful species based on overall coloration. You're killing me, man. I put totally differently every day of the week for 360 days. Right. Okay, it's silent, so I'm going to say core picturata. Thank Throw you. It out there. Thank you. Okay, core picturata. Tell me about core picturata. What about its beautiful coloration? Yeah, what the hell, what is it? If I don't know scientific names, I'm Googling uh, right now. Yeah, so what it's, you know me and my scientific names. Um, yeah. Flower, uh, one of the flower, bo flower back box turtles. Uh, I think picturata is what, the southern? Yeah. What so makes it variety. what um, makes it more beautiful than the other flowerbacks? What makes it more beautiful than the other cora, the the other Asian box turtles? Um, the ones I've seen in person, like it really caught my attention. There's one, there was one in particular I saw at Tennessee Aquarium the first time I was there off exhibit that was just absolutely stunning. And so I decided to just blurt that one out here now because I thought about that picture. Okay. Which. If you want, I can give me a little while. I could probably pull up that picture of that animal. Well, so, you guys talk about yours. I love it. Perfect. Well, Kev, do you have one? I do. Uh, it's one that I've recently been introduced to keeping that I'm I'm in love with. You know, when I I get to go outside and watch them is a uh, three-toed box turtles. That's the most beautiful turtle to you. It's an I, there's some that the skin. I have one that looks like he's a, uh, like a tiger. Okay. You know, it's gorgeous. Uh, my buddy Matt Healy, he watches this from time to time. He's the one who sent me them. The ones that he has, 
it's like mind blowing that these things weren't like poached or whatnot. You know, it's just insane. That's awesome. I love it. Um, I would probably say this is tough too, right? Again, you get a, a different answer for a, every day of the year. Um, I would say, what is the what is the scientific name of the red crown roof turtle, Badagar Badagar Kachuga? Yes, Badagar Kachuga. That for anyone who doesn't know, it's a great that species. Turtle. That species is so handsome. Mm-hmm. I just can't even handle myself. It is. It's that handsome. It's like seeing a young George Clooney in person. You just start to sweat. You don't know why. You want to say hi to it. You don't know how to start the conversation. It is that beautiful of a turtle. I'm just saying. Did I just become that guy? Yeah, hold on. Hold on. I'm going to drop a picture of this on the screen for everybody. Steve has a photo coming, ladies and gentlemen. That's what that means. Here it comes. Oh, oh, that's the species I was talking about. Thank you. I thought we were going to see the, uh, the. Um... Well, I can do oh. that too, but I was like, this one. This is a great yeah. picture too. I think I said red crown river turtle, but red crown roof turtle, Badiger kachuga. And I'm, I'm like, it's not necessarily a species I'm into that I read about a lot. There's not much written on them. The TSA will um, often have you know, updates about the work that they're doing with them in, in Asia, um, which is awesome. And I always love seeing the photos. Um, yeah, just an amazing turtle. Yeah, It's like it's fake. The male in breeding color for everybody out there listening. So just like all the rest of the Batagar, Batagar its head will change color a little bit, you know, during breeding season. Or so cool. Yeah. So cool. Really great turtles. There you go. I can't tell you how they act. I've never seen one in person. So when I was saying all that stuff about sweating and not knowing how to start a conversation with it, I was making that up. So, most beautiful species based on... Oh, there you go. There's a, there's a picture. There's the head of that Cora picturata. There you go. That, that just, picturata head. I just remember seeing it. It was just like, whoa. You know? Yeah, they are beautiful. So are Galbinifrons and Beretti, too. But Yeah, all the, all the flowerbacks. Right at that moment, you know? They look like their shells are carved out of a rich mahogany. Uh, what? How about most beautiful species based on their faces? Anyone? Badiger Kashuga. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with a good one. You agree? Yay! It was it was on the list of ones I was looking at for uniqueness too. Hmm. I think uh, for me, it's just baby tortoises in general. I'm not going to pick a species, but uh, spider tortoises are little grumpy faces and species like, you know, testudo species within the testudo genus just are incredible when they're young. They're, they're amazing animals anyway, but they're just incredible when they're young. And there's no turtle that I could bring home or hatch that my wife will ever love as much as a hatchling tortoise. And I use her opinion all the time because she's like not, she's a she's not a turtle person necessarily, um, but is you know sharing uh, life with a turtle person, so she experiences all this stuff um, through me. 
So I always, her opinion always is really important to me because she sees it through a different lens, obviously. There's my choice for face. Oh, cool. Color-wise. The eyes and everything, just like. We should just let people tell us in the comments what species that is. See how many actually know? Kev, do you know what it is? Well, it's a rhinoclemmies. Nice. Melanostera, I don't know how to say it. Nice. Melanosterna. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, Milano, yeah. That's like blue yeah, eyed blue eyed wolf turtle. Yeah. Yeah, they go by a couple of different common names. I awesome. Yeah. Over the course of the past two years, I think I've improved significantly on my uh classification. I thought I, I asked I didn't ask you because I'm no one will believe this because I'm always such a jerk to you on this on this show. But I I asked you because I thought you could you could answer it. Oh, thanks. Thanks for throwing me a softball. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a softball for anyone. Uh, I've, um, yeah. I I have a really, really good friend who is super knowledgeable and is a turtle guy and has a degree in like wildlife management or something like that. Like he's, he's a big time animal guy and is a turtle guy. That's his favorite uh -huh. type of animal and reads about them just as much as you and I do. But he texted me a picture of a Milano Sterno like three months ago and said, what is this? Like, cause he was so excited. He was researching something, some kind of South American turtle and that came up and he was like absolutely taken by its beauty and just sent it to me. Like, tell me about this. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a great, it's a great species. Sorry. I'm looking down at my phone so I can see what's next. I'm trying to find a photo, but I'm coming. This, short. this question I really liked. Oh, okay. I actually have an oh, answer. Oh, did you not answer? Face. I'm sorry, because we got into yeah. Melinda Sterna with you. Yeah. That, that was Steve's answer. I apologize. It's okay. Uh, Red cheeked mud turtle. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Good answer. Oh. Oh. Oh, boy. Um, here we go. In here. here we go. You want you want us to keep talking while you go down? Well, talk about mud turtles. Talk about mud turtles. So, mud turtles, they, uh, they live in mud, and they're turtles. What else you got? Canosinids uh, are really cool. Um, they great. Is Vodi. that Vodi? Vokti, like Dick Vokti. Vokti. Yep. That's not a red cheek. No, but uh, like it made it made me think of this new species and the bright mm -hmm. yellow on its head. Yep. And how yeah, small. Cool so what's crazy is they just they just like you know back in May last year is when they said they you know, had found them, but within days like people already had them in Europe. So like people had them, they just weren't described. Yeah. Well, some yeah people know sometimes you know they know what's yeah. out there. They know that there's something different. Well, mm -hmm. there's the, the, that species is very very tiny. Uh, they're jokingly um, some of the other people um, uh, in the TFTSG are jokingly calling it the pocket turtle. Okay. That's cool. So even among mud turtles, they're super small. They are. They're they're yeah. they're extremely small. So the um, next part of this of this question, I really like. What is the turtle that is the most most prototypical turtle? So, I think about our logo, which when you see it is okay. That's a turtle. Great. And I don't know if everyone knows what our logo is, but we created the logo, so we know what it was. And then. I think of Jerry West, who is the logo for the NBA. It's him dribbling, right? 
So if you were making that type of logo or the turtle room logo or, or what have you, what is the most prototypical, like that's a turtle? Right? It's not a Matamata. It's no. not a fly river turtle. It's not an alligator snapping turtle. Those are all very obviously turtles. They have shells. But if what is the prototypical turtle and why? By the way, here's why they're, they're, we're calling them the pocket turtle. That's a full-grown turtle. Yeah. Whose hand is that, though? Is uh, that it's Christoph's hand. I, I have another comparison with it next to a pen. Is that so, Christoph's Porzingis? Definitely not. Seven foot three, Dallas Mavericks. No, could be something like that. I'm just saying. I know Kristaps' hand when I see it. Next to a typical pen. I think it looks bigger there than it does in the hand. I hate to burst your bubble, but that turtle's dead. That one. That one is a yes. That one is a dead turtle that they found. Yes. I'm sorry, everyone. That's a dead turtle. Have you ever seen the pictures online where it's like a dog with a turtle, like like a screaming turtle on top of the dog's head? Everyone gets real excited about it, but it's a taxidermy dead turtle. Yeah. And there's always like 2,000 comments before someone actually chimes in. It was me one time. Chimes in and says, uh, that's a dead turtle. It's not actually a turtle riding on a dog's head. Anyway. Yeah. Anywho, well, you know, naming a new species, it's still one of the things we have to do. You have to take a couple specimens to become the type specimens and to do research with, too. So um, it's part of the, you know, just part of the naming of a species these days, too. So most prototypical turtle. Uh I feel like the people in my area, to at least to this to this demographic in this area, the box turtle is their prototypical turtle. Yeah, it's it's that makes sense. Nice dome shell. Right, and I you know I think you get to the New Jersey coast and people go terrapin. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of box prototypical there, turtle. Yeah. What was that, Kevin? There's a lot of eastern boxes over there too, though. There are well, if you got right to the New Jersey coast, like. Yeah. If you're talking about people who spend time at the like spend their summers at the beach, they'd probably say the Dimeback Terrapin. Yeah, well, you I know, mean, yeah. Dri driving to Chris's house within the five miles before I got to his house, we passed three box turtles in the street. Yeah, you know that's I've never seen that many in my state my entire life. You know, in the streets. I don't know what the right answer is, but you're 100% correct, and you just nailed it for all of us. It's like it depends who you are, what your experience is. People who grew up buying turtles in the dime store maybe think ready or sliders are, um, but it makes sense. Box turtles have a large range. Yeah. Ready or sliders are iconic for a lot of people from just from being in the pet store, from being in the Rocky movies, from, you know, a lot Buff of and Link. Oh, 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 oh. Sorry, that was my Rocky. Oh, Adrian. Steve, yeah. I just tossed a picture over. I don't know if you could put it up for a second. I just sent it to your – I texted you, actually, so I don't know if you can do that. Oh, uh, it, it'll need to be email for me to get it up that quickly. Uh, yeah, we can just, that. yeah, we can just talk about this on the air. It's not a big deal. It's not awkward. Yeah. I don't think it's awkward at all. People no. love it. People love it. They, lo they want to see behind the scenes. 
I'm gonna go do uh, some. Dishes. I'm gonna go do some dishes after this. If anyone wants to watch, we can just leave it rolling. This is based on why I said uh, three toads are uh, when I think of those beautiful turtles. Sorry, it's a little dated. I know we're going back. Why is that dated? Because it was like ten minutes ago. <laughs> this, this is not a long show, man. That's like reminds me of an Eastern we found during our preliminary work. It's forever ago. Wood turtle stuff. Oh. So this, so the photo you're saying is going back to, um... no, just us talking about it. But yeah, the photos this past summer. Are you using them as your answer for prototypical turtle? No, no, my prototypical turtle here is the common snapping turtle. Oh, okay, I like that. Okay, not bad. I you're see, right. I I see way more of them walking around than any other turtle. That's fair. I think that's fair. People talk about them all the time. Large range as well. And that's everybody great. thinks every turtle is a snapping turtle. That's true. They really do. There are, there, are, there, are, there are three types of turtles. Regular sliders, box turtles, and snapping turtles. That's it. And sun turtles. Yeah. That's, that's any turtle that basks. Is it called a sun turtle? Um, yeah, interesting. I, I would say, I, I don't know what the right answer is, and we've already talked about it enough, but I would just say that since I talked about it, the logo, the turtle in our logo, uh, for the Turtle Room logo, is uh was based on a cora amboinensis and the turtle the small baby turtle is a cora mccordi and i just picked them because i just wanted photos of turtles that looked like they were the right shape yeah. that i wanted so that's what they were based on and the bigger turtle actually had its mouth open at first but steve said no he didn't like that I liked it. I just didn't think it was necessarily the look we were, the look that would become iconic. He hated it, and he told me that I needed to change it, or we wouldn't be friends anymore. <laughs> I'll talk about turtles with someone else, Anthony. Funny part is, I don't know that I've ever given that ultimatum to anyone. Well, you gave it, and you gave it to me. So what does that say? <laughs> you were really angry that time. How long did the two of you guys talk online before you, you know, made your? Uh... Your romance palpable in person. Before that long, we had a Hamburg show. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah. I thought his name was Reed at first because his name on the Turtle Forum was Reed Bird because Red Bird was already taken. I think something like that. Uh, it was when I created my screen name for AOL that's what, that's what it years was. before, and I used the same name then on that's on, what it was. on Turtle Forum because that was just kind of my like online identity. So I'm like, oh yeah, what's up, Reed? He's like, no, actually, it's Steve. I think that's how we met. Yeah, probably because we had talked all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, but just through that forum, pretty crazy. Captain Spaulding. Yeah, my name was Captain Spaulding after the clown. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was a few years ago, right when that when those movies were new. Um, okay, so I, we can finish this out. We're going to do this, okay? We don't have to spend a lot of time on these, but we can finish these out. What is the best turtle tool to buy? All right, this is a hot take, ladies and gentlemen. These are a siphon. These, okay, a siphon. Done. Perfect for turtle keeping, a siphon. Now, these don't have to be based on field work or keeping or anything, just a turtle-based tool. Steve, go. Uh, tree calipers. Tree calipers. 
They're called tree calipers because they yeah, grow. The ones, on, the ones that uh, the bigger ones that we uh, have using out in the field with wood turtles and stuff, they're tree calipers technically. I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. they're really handy. A lot better than the than normal calipers. Awesome. Um, I was going to say calipers, so let me pick another one. I would say, so based on, well, I did break these up, keeping in field work, but then we just put them together and whatever. That's fine. So we just gave one of each. I would say <sighs> microchips and a microchip reader. Oh, I think that's really great. Yeah, um, I was going to, if we, you're still breaking it up, I was also going to throw right in the rain paper out there for field work. Right in the rain paper. That's cool. Yeah, it's awesome stuff. Who knew? I didn't even know that existed. Where did Kevin go? I'm right here. I'm looking for something. And Don't. we're looking at a ceiling. It's okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. It's not awkward. All right. What's person. Are you pulling something out that you want to show us? Or are you itching? Yeah, your don't knees? worry about it yet. Don't worry okay. about it. Talk amongst ourselves until you. Yeah, no, we're good. Sorry, I'm back. I already gave my answer for a turtle tool. Did we move on? Yeah. All right. What was your answer? My answer. My answer was pit tags, microchips, ah, right, or microchip nice. reader. Yeah, you were here right. for that. I was. I'm sorry. All right. I was, and I was going to say useful in documentation too. We went through that one really fast, though. We answered. We hit on everything I wanted to, but we didn't come up with three answers for each, which is fine. So the then, docu documentation will be the digital colonial log. Oh, you are so inside sweet. plug. You are yes. so sweet. We didn't we didn't even pay him to do that. Dude, I was suggesting it to people today, actually, also. It is great. Yeah. Love it. The digital colonian log, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. You can list up to twenty-five animals for free, keep track of their growth, share your data with other people. Hey, actually, Steve, I have a question for you. Yeah, go for it. This was asked of me today when I was talking about it. If somebody inputs their animals and what they have in the site, okay? Yeah. How private is that? Like, can you see it? Um, so there's a there's a um, there's a checkbox when they're um, creating a new turtle, and okay. it basically says public with a question mark. If they check it, the animal will be publicly viewable to the to anybody on the on the app. But their name won't be attached to it. It'll just okay. have a random user ID. Okay. Okay. If they don't check that box, then they and the admins are the only one that can view that that animal. Okay. So the admin can also. Admins. Uh, right. Because we need to like one of the things we want to make sure there's um, integrity of data. So mm -hmm. there are occasionally times where we need to go help somebody make fix a mistake or whatever. Um, so we've had a couple cases where that comes, you know, so I get into the database back end and go fix it and things like that. So. Okay. so let me get this straight. You built a database that is better than what some of the zoos use. And it's free to the general public for up to 25 animals for them to keep data on their animals. Um, that is correct. And Are you sure you work at a vet's office? I do. That is correct. Yes. That was a question for me, I presume. Oh, yeah. and my, um, on the co-creator or in maybe even lead creator, even if you make the turtle public, only basic data is publicly available, like the size, how old it is, the species and things like that. But a lot of other information is still private. Like give me an example of something that would be private in that instance. Um, 
your tracking that's been done, how many eggs it's laid, um, okay. things along those lines. Gotcha. Okay. So cool. I think so many people probably don't even know that this exists still. That's, that's no, our we fault. need to do a better job of marketing that, but I'm working on that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So last category, oh. last question. Question number seven. Hold on. Are you trying to say something to me, Kev? No? No. Okay. Best turtle book. Let's keep these three separate still. Yes, I want to as well. So the three categories first are beginners. Best turtle book for beginners. Like, hey, I'm getting started. What book do I need? Um, best turtle book for reference. Um, so the one that you should have around always that everyone should have for reference and best turtle book for collectors. This is going to be difficult in, because like I know. Turtle, hold on, let's define collectors: turtle collectors or turtle book collectors. Uh, either. Okay. So I think basic. I thought more of. I was thinking more along the lines of, like books that you'd want to get um that you tell someone like maybe they don't really know if they need it or not but this is a good book for people to have okay he's looking at his bookshelf that's what i was doing before i was preemptively getting my books my yeah oh that's what it was oh you wanted to actually show us yeah okay so who's going to give us the uh, – well, begin I'm happy that we're starting with beginners too. Yeah, let's start with that one. You go. Me? Yeah. Okay, All sure. Right. Oh, do you want to go first, Kev? I was going to say that I actually – unfortunately, and it's hopefully not why I made mistakes when I was younger, I've never had a beginner's book on turtles because I just – I grew up keeping painteds and we just knew how to do it, you know, from – I don't know. I was like six. Okay. Um, so I never had a, a book on beginner turtles, so I don't have an answer there. My only okay. time I'm going to technically pass. That's fine. I like that one. I like that pass. Um, I would say that if you can find it and get it and you're into keeping animals, because there's obviously a difference between people who are doing work in the field and those that are keeping. Um, Russ Gurley's book, uh, Keeping and Breeding Freshwater Turtles, is a really, really, really good book that I think changed a lot of change things for a lot of people we did a turtle room uh world turtle day video i think it was the 2014 one when we interviewed people from the turtle room and just had them talk about kind of like why turtles and how they got started and i can remember people talking about that book at that time so i think that's a really important book that's a book that i've read through so many times and it's paperback that it just it looks like it's been like to hell and back it's a mess because i've read it so many times Steve, what do you got? Best book for beginners. Well, that was, can you hear me? Yeah. That was one of them that I was thinking about. I was hoping that, I didn't take your answer. Another one, there were two others that popped into my Ooh, head. I like that one. I like that one too. And I'm going to pull this one in here. All right. Yeah. Life in a Shell talks a lot about the physiology of a turtle. Really helps you understand the inner workings of a turtle from even a non-keeping perspective. And really impressive some of the things, say, species like the Western painted turtle are able to do. I totally agree. That was my takeaway from that, from that book, is things that the Western painted turtle is able to do. <laughs> um, you know, and the fact that they've been studied so much. It's pretty cool. Let me pull this one up. This one's written by the current um, chief, uh, or I can't remember, the, the current chair of the TFTSG. What's the TFTFG? Good point. 
the tortoise and freshwater turtle specialist group, uh, the specialist group for the IUCN, International Union for the Conservation of Meat. <laughs> I love of which that. I am, I have which I am a member, and so is our good teammate Chris. But anyway, Chris. this book's a really good one too. Chris, never heard of him. Chris Christopherson, Chris, Chris, Chris Leone, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Just kidding. We talk about him every podcast. Anywho. Okay. I hear he's getting back into being in a band. They were getting the band back together. That's right. So, Turtle Nerd getting back with his old buddies. They, buddies don't always understand. Old buddies. It's like when I play basketball. They're like, you do what? Uh, <laughs> best Turtle books for reference. Best ones to have on hand for reference. Kevin. I have two. Okay, good. So you're making up for the okay. Yeah. Uh, the complete North American box turtle by Carl Franklin and David Kilpack. Oh, uh, Carl! I love Carl. He's a great guy. We want to have him as a guest on this show. You, he, he would be fantastic to have. I'd love to. Speaking uh, of the book that I had on it, we still need to get Carl on here. What's that, Viviana? If you're still watching, I saw you your name earlier. Um, we need to still get Carl on here. Yes, we do. He is high on the priority list. Um, I'd like to get Russ Gurley, too. We've never had Russ on the show. Oh, he's busy. Fun. He's busy, but he's yeah. a friend. And, um, yeah, we should have him on here. Yeah. So Second yeah. was uh, this right here for any oh, great one. Yep. minor, minor things that I want to look into. Anthony yeah. stole my main one. I don't even know what I'm going to say next. Uh, that was your backup for beginners or for – that was my backup for the, – the one he just shows my backup for reference. For reference. Well, you can go next. That's a great book, by the way, Amanda Ebenhack. Yeah. That was published by Russ Gurley, Living Art Publishing. Terrific <laughs> book. Um, if you're doing any kind of work in captivity with North American turtles or you just like North American turtles, one of my favorite books to just pull out when I need to is uh, Ernst and Lovich's um, Turtles of the United States and Canada, second edition. That's a great one. That's that's the number one. That has to be the number one answer here. It has to be. So if we were if we were making like a top ten list and we were going to write a a blog post about the ten best reference books of all time, that is by by far the best. That is that's not Michael Jordan over LeBron. That is like that is like by far and away the best. By the Um, way, I'm I'm kind of wondering if there will ever be a third edition. I also have an idea who his co who Jeff Lovich's co author would be if he did a third edition. Is it you? No, no. Is it Kevin? Minto, I love your reaction, Kev. That was so that was the meanest thing Steve ever did. Which Kevin are you talking about? Oh, got it. Because we have two. Well, we have one sitting here right now. Gee. I have to use his last name. He's sitting right here. I'm like chopped liver, man. He's so in the, the first, room with us. First one was was Barbara and Ernst. Second edition is Ernst and Lovich. Yeah. Um, so I think Lovich would have to do um, Lovich would have to go with his protege who followed him, and I would think is who he'd write the next one with if he does. If he does. Very cool. Yeah, that's an amazing book. There's a lot in there. When a book that thick has to have pages that thin, watch out. Lots of information yeah. in there. Um, 
so yeah, so reference books, I'd say I really, really enjoy as a reference the Terralog books. Um, yeah, they're really yeah. good. Yeah, so those are by Holger Vetter, right? Uh, yeah. And I, I thank you for showing because again, I turned my turtle room into a uh, playroom for anyone who missed the beginning of the show. Um, Volume yeah. Five is finally out as well. By the way, that's the yeah, one that, the um, Australia, covers, um, the Oceania area, you know, Australia and the Indonesian islands, etc. Pretty cool. Yeah, so the books are really good. What's interesting is there's like barely any text. It's just a lot of photos, and then there are keys on them as well. And I think, um, yeah, they're just really good. And they talk a lot about different locales, um, all the different species, the nomenclature is usually pretty um pretty current um i just i think they're pretty good books i think they're really good books so um and i find myself referencing them more and more the first time i bought one of those it just like sat there for a couple years and then um now i find myself using them all the time so pretty good for reference okay rounding out the book category and i'm just looking at my phone again what was the last one collectors yeah collectors i should have mm -hmm. known so I, i'd like to go last here you would because you're not a collector or you have a good one no i, I have a book that i, I like I, i've collected okay well since you've collected it then mm -hmm. oh did he steal yours no oh gosh i got so excited Les tortues <laughs> Uh, it's only, it, it, the funny part is it says French edition. I've never seen it in any language other than French. Mm. Um, which is why, but it's got, it's got great, some great plates in it. And um, even if you can't read it, it's a great collector's book for the pictures and stuff. So that's awesome. I'd love to find like an English translation of it so I can actually read it, but um, you can use the uh, Google Translate app now, doesn't it? Transcribe, you, yeah, transcribe you, like words. Oh, does it? Like you don't have to type it? Like camera, yeah. What? Interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard of that. But see, like I always feel like Google Translate, it's like, it's not like yeah, a, spe it's it's not a spectacular job, you know? Yeah. But if you're waiting another 20 years for an English translation, you might uh, yeah. get by. Yeah. But anyway, that's my collector's book. It's a good choice. I might pull that book out and read it tonight just because you told me to. Not you both have that book? Yeah. Do you have it, Stephen? Uh, yeah, it's on my bookshelf. There I got it at um, I got it at the conference either the year we were in Tucson or the year we were in New Orleans. I got that book for like eight dollars. Really? It was used? incredible. Used? No. Oh wow! I know it was incredible. Um, Breck Bartholomew, who's a really, a really nice guy, and um, sells books for really cheap and and singles, separates, as well for really, really, really cheap. And one day he just had like a sale on certain things, and that was like. I don't know, something like 75% off. It was like insane. I got that one and Turtles of Venezuela for like $18 for both. Yeah, that one's on my shelf too. That's a really neat book too. Yeah. yeah. I bought that for Anthony and he was like for his birthday, not just a nice gift. You didn't and buy he, it for me. You had it yeah, already. 
No, man, that one I got for you. And uh, what? You're yeah, so and you're sweet. like, you're like, I already, yeah, I already, I already have this book. I already got it for ten dollars. Yeah, <laughs> I bought it. At, I bought it at White Plains. I'm a bad person. What a jerk! You're supposed to just take that gift and be like, "Thanks, I didn't have this," and throw it away. I would not do that. That's blasphemy. Once you have two books of something, now then you can start vending. If you have two copies of one book, you can yeah. start vending at White Plains. Yeah. Now you're a bookseller. All right. You have one book to sell. Uh, my answer, oh boy, um, I would say, um, oh my gosh, I don't even know the name of it, Steve. Help me out. It's the Agassiz book on natural history from the 1800s with the crazy awesome plates of um, red belly, northern red belly turtles. Oh, Agassiz. That's how you pronounce his name? I think so. I thought it was a guy, a, a Gaziz, Z's. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't yeah, know. I don't. I don't have that book. No, that book's expensive. It's like four hundred dollars for like two volumes. Like you could just get it on eBay. Like it's not even on Amazon. But it's, and it, it's only up there sometimes. It's on my. It's on my to do list. It's on my to get list. But it has like amazing print turtle prints and it's from the 1800s like color turtle prints They're like the best prints ever oh yes okay. hold on uh it's pronounced agassi oh but there's an but there's like a z-i-s at the end or something got it there you go that to me is the is the pinnacle and there's obviously more but the more that you get into this stuff the more just like animal keeping there's always something else that's out of the uh out of the budget but is is a possibility for down the line sort of thing it's the same thing with the books um all right i think i'm up you are did you not say one yet no i said i wanted to go last I, I should say, all right, you know what? Go ahead, just in case that this is one of them. But I was going to say that one of one of our um, viewers gave me some some thoughts, too. So I thought that'd be cool to share. But go ahead, please. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so I'm not going to read the inscription because I don't want to embarrass the person. Oh, you're so sweet. Yeah. Read the inscription. I want you to read the inscription. All right. You're going to be embarrassed. I'm going to cry. Kevin, I love you. I wanted you to have this. Uh, Kevin, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so excited to be working with you. Here's to decades of future collaboration. Connecticut Tour guys are rare, and we must stick together. Your fan, Anthony. Oh, I love that. That's and then it was – it's double signed because it's – yeah. Sign in print and then yeah. over here. You as have well. to write the name and then sign the name on, on the other side where yeah, where the name is in the book. That's you yeah. are so sweet, Kev. Uh, that, was, that, was, cry. that was my April Fool's joke. Oh, got it. So that now you can tell us the real collector's book. No, no, no. This is this is a book I'm proud to have. That I will say so this sweet. though. I've had it for over two years and I haven't read it yet. Terrific. That sounds good. That's well, there's just, a reason there's a reason why. Just what I would expect. Got it. No, the re I'm very happy to have it. I haven't read it for the sole reason that I don't keep this turtle at all for the time being. Who knows in the future what may happen. Um, but it's uh, 
I have so many books about the species I do keep I need to read that I didn't want to jump around. So you're telling me it's not it's not you, it's me. It's not me, it's you. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's a beautiful, well thought out book. I'm I'm positive do you it is. See how small that book is. For the both of us. I was just awesome. gonna say, do you see how small that book is? You could one long poop and you're done. Sitting on you sit on the toilet, read the read the book, you're done. All right, guys, this is this is a commitment I'm going to make to all of you that um, not only not only by the end of this year will I have read read this book, I will also turn it into an audio book which you can download from our Facebook site. Don't you toy with me? It's it's a commitment. There's going to be voices, characters, everything. <laughs> April Fools. Oh, you're too you're too much. I love how you yeah. made me feel all sweet and made me want to like shed a tear and then you're like, "Well, I never read it though." I have to be honest, Kevin saying he's never read it makes me actually wonder just how many times I've ha I've actually read it through the whole writing and editing and publishing yeah. process. Oh, I know, forget oh. it. I I had you read that thing so many times, Steve. Are you kidding me? That was, it was great too. Like your part-time job reading that thing. And and, and creating the graphics. Right. Yep. Oh, that's so funny, guys. We've been do we've been at this for an hour and forty minutes now. Yeah, yeah we started a little late, so yeah, we did start late. Forty's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you're telling for, me you want to go? Thanks for putting up with us, everybody. For no, I just don't know if anyone's bored of us. Uh, yes. Surprisingly, not. We're still we're still cruising along at, at yeah. about the same viewers we were an hour ago. I love so. it. So yeah. just some other books that weren't mentioned that were mentioned by a viewer just before we wrap it up. Um, um, actually, our viewers, um, as far as books, Terralog books, um, yeah. and then um, somebody mentioned uh, AC Highfields. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't can't remember which turtle book that is. Keeping and Breeding. What, um, practical Guide for... Oh, yeah, Practical Guide, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have that one. Yeah. But um, Peter, um, a viewer, Peter, a friend of mine, uh, brought up Turtles for Dummies as a beginner book. Um, the Encyclopedia of Turtles by Pritchard as a reference, and er Ernst and Barber's Turtles of the World book as a collector's book. Right. Um, I actually use that one as more of a reference than the Encyclopedia. Because that book's older, but I, I think it's really cool right. to look at those those older books to see right. kind of the, how the, the taxonomy has changed and stuff like right. that. The um, Bonan Turtles of the World book is a great reference as well. I use that one a lot too. Um, is the green is the green cover? Is that a new version or the old version? Because I have the red one. There's a green one that's out now. Familiar, like as far as green Turtles of the World goes, that's what I'm used to Ernst and Barber being. There's uh, a green. There's a green bone in one though. That... Is the, maybe is that the French version instead of the English translation? Oh, maybe. Uh, oh, uh, maybe. Right, because it was originally written in French, and then um, Peter Pritchard translated it. Right. Um, the uh, gangster. Yeah. Um, Kevin mentioned uh, morphology and evolution of turtles. It's based on a bunch of Gaffney's work. Um. If you really like map turtles, a great reference is uh, this map turtle and sawback atlas by uh, my friend Peter Lindemann. Uh, Hold on, Kevin mentioned what morphology? What is that a book? 
Morphology and Evolution of Turtles. Yeah, Kevin uh, Labille mentioned it. I haven't heard of that book. When is that? Where's that from? Came out in 2012. 2012? I think so. The year the world was supposed to end. That maybe that's why I didn't. Maybe. I was I was pre I was preoccupied thinking about other things. Um oh, and one of my favorite books, if you really like the adventure side of things, um, um Tales from the Tibet. Oh, that's a good book. Uh, it's basically Peter Pritchard's memoirs. Just a great read. It's it's a little pricey, but honestly, like I felt like I got every penny's worth out of out of the money I spent on that book. That was a great read. Good stuff. Good show, I mean, guys. You, you know what, Anthony? You what? should um you should take one of our educate one of our writers that we're collecting here and get them to target um get them to, to, to target writing a post about or maybe even a series of turtle book posts mm-hmm. and we could all, you know, apply some input and they could formulate it and we could send it through a re- editing revision process to make sure we're not missing something important. Sounds good to me. But I think that'd be something that'd be really valuable to have on our site. So ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for an upcoming blog written well, by two. I'm sorry, a series of blogs to continue on this fun discussion we've had here tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. I'm trying to sign off, Steve. Take it from here. All right. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking for us with this extra long special April Fool's episode, which only included one tiny April Fool at the very beginning. Really and bad. Really bad excuse. Very long. That was, that was embarrassing. So anyway, um, thanks to all those new viewers that have just uh, stumbled upon us. And we thank you for being willing to suffer (laughs) with us for an hour and 40 minutes. Now, hour and 45. Um, For Anthony Pierleone and Kevin Minto, I'm Steve Enders. And we're signing off. And we will see you on Monday, May 6th with episode 53 of the podcast. Have a good night. Peace.